tantra isn't just about kind of sex or sex poses or better orgasms or things like that, but it can be a catalyst to take uh, take yourself or in a partnership deeper through you kind of utilizing sexual energy um, or sexual intimacy, whether it's with yourself or another, as this portal of liberation. Welcome to the Healing Cocoon. I'm Jacoby Gray, soul alignment and success coach and energy healer, which means I can intuit the subtle layers of your energy field to promote ultimate health and well-being. My goal for this podcast is to shed light on the healing journey itself and help you feel more supported as you embark on the process of unpacking your past to consciously create your present and start living the life of your dreams. Through the study of coaching, kinesiology, holographic kinetics, meditation, Reiki, the chakra system, and many other modalities, I've learned how to release the blocks that were holding me back. Now I'd love to help you do the same. By embarking on your own self-healing process, you'll see the world transforming around you in ways you never thought possible. You'll begin to experience more connection clarity, love, fulfillment, synchronicity, and success than you've ever had before. So welcome to the Ascension. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Healing Cocoon podcast. Today's episode is a juicy one talking about women's empowerment through the reclamation of their sexuality and soul purpose with my longtime friend and fellow light worker, Lillian Love Claire. I have known Lily through many iterations of her journey, both attending the same university, then crossing paths in Sydney when we were in the entertainment industry there, then again in LA, in Venice, when we'd both been opening up to our spiritual gifts. And now it's so beautiful to see Lily shining as an incredible light and guide leading other women to do the same. She's a sole purpose and feminine empowerment coach and the CEO of Embodied Feminine Guide, which is a trauma-informed facilitator training for women who are ready to embody and share the medicine of alchemizing their pain into purpose, self-mastery, and taking action in their soul-aligned businesses. She's also the co-creator of Cosmic Touch, which is a documentary film exploring the transformational healing power of self-pleasure. And Lily has run retreats in Hawaii, the Hamptons, Bali, Amsterdam, Dubai, Ibiza, Mexico, and Los Angeles. She has also committed her life to healing her own childhood traumas and supporting others to do the same. Having unconsciously played each role of victim, perpetrator, and rescuer in this lifetime, she wholly believes our personal and collective healing comes when we choose to complete this cycle and become the empowered creators and compassionate space holders for our infinite human hearts. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with a fellow sister who'll benefit from Lily's wisdom and subscribe, rate and review to support the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or anywhere else you download and listen to your episodes. Okay, Lily Love Claire. 
someone who I've known for quite a while now in many iterations of your incredible healing journey and manifestation into who you are today, such a goddess. Thank you for joining me on The Healing Cocoon. Thanks for having me, Jacoby. Aussie sister. <laughs> Aussie sisters, yeah. So the way I like to start my chats is let's rewind back to the beginning of your journey where you either had your your first awakening or the first trauma that propelled you into an awakening. Like what was the thing that got you onto the path of healing? Yeah, big question. <laughs> like whew, all these different moments coming to my mind. Um yeah, definitely little moments as I was growing up as a child and just feeling like kind of out of place in my family, um, wondering, you know, if I was adopted, but I definitely wasn't just, you know, <laughs> sense of like, I feel connected to something else. And this chaos around me just is so strange. Um, and and then as I kind of grew into a teenager and um, and my early 20s, I actually, the, my first kind of real connection with, with what felt like uh, God, spirit, something otherworldly um, was through, was through Christianity, which was a trip to my family and everybody that knew me because I was brought up pretty much like this hippie atheist. Um, but I found this, I had this experience of just like unconditional love, light flowing through me, total acceptance. You do not have to be anything other than what you are, who you are for me to love you. And, and you are me was, was this message. So that was kind of an opening for me, but eventually I, I discovered that it was a limited limitation to be in the church and in that kind of format of religion and dogma. Um, and so I went beyond that and explored many different kind of started getting into energy healing and different things. But for me, the real kind of catalyst and awakening was through pain and was through the realization that I was living with unprocessed trauma and that real catalyst came uh, in 2011 and my mother passed away and she had been living with a chronic illness for my, my whole life. Um, and her passing away was actually a very spiritual experience for me. Also, she went into a coma and I was able to communicate with her. Um, and so I had all this kind of, uh, abilities opening up at that time. And it was a really beautiful healing experience to be able to give her soul, peace and, and, and permission to let go and leave. But then that kind of took me on to a journey after that of, of catapulting me into depression and kind of like, what is my purpose beyond uh, being a, a support for my mom? Because I kind of grew up almost like mothering her at times as she was struggling with depression and alcoholism and things. And so it, for a moment, I didn't know why I was still on earth after she left. Um, and so that kind of helped me to dig deeper into why, why am I here? And uh, what is my purpose? And also facing all of this unprocessed pain and trauma that I had really just kind of pushed 
into the recesses of my unconscious to be able to survive and move forward in life. And so finally I got to a place where I, I said, yes, like, yes, I need to look at this. Yes. I need to feel this. Yes. I need to face this. Um, otherwise I can really kind of see the trajectory where this pain is going to continue to, um, keep me separated from my own heart and my own like truth and soul and um feel that like real intimacy with myself and self-love um and you know also from the people around me i was seeing the way that my pain and my trauma was starting to really like hurt people around me and hurt in my intimate relationships and create chaos and disconnection and disharmony um and so yeah, I, I I decided finally to to surrender and to go within, and that took me on a really deep journey. Of I mean, I I stopped drinking alcohol, which was a big piece of it, um, so that I could. That was kind of a blanket, you know, a, a masking of the pain. Um, so I got sober in 2013 and just said yes to anything and everything that I could uh, to honestly like save my life. That's what I felt like I, I had to do uh, to really be able to like choose that I was going to live and live healthy and happy and free. And so I just dove into plant medicine ceremonies and breathwork ceremonies and energy healing and inner child work. And along that path also found uh, one of my main mentors, Sam Isadora, uh, who was a Tantra teacher and brought this kind of wisdom back from India and these ancient traditions that really are around reconnecting uh our, our heart to our sex and reclaiming sexuality as a powerful creative life force energy and reclaiming it as sacred and beautiful and innocent and, and the way that we can utilize that in, in the world for creating good and creating healing. Um, and many other things came through that. But yeah, that was a big catalyst for me when I when I did find that Tantra piece as well, because nobody else in the kind of spiritual or personal development world that I had, I hadn't heard anybody else talking about sexuality and spirituality together. And, and in my realization of my unprocessed trauma, I realized and remembered that I had sexual assault, sexual abuse and things like that in my, in my history. And so that was a really important key for me. And yeah, there's so much more. <laughs> <laughs> Such a big journey. Some souls just come down to really feel it all, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for sharing. It's it's beautiful. Would you mind explaining Tantra? So for our listeners, I think often they just think of the Kama Sutra and they just think of all these sexual poses, mm -hmm. but Tantra is so much more than that. Could you please enlighten us? Yes. Yeah, I'll do my best to always like distill, you know, what this really huge universal principle is, you know, on a, on a tangible level. And at, like the very essence of Tantra is the Tantra means to weave. So it means to weave kind of uh, what we know in this world of duality and polarity. And so we have like light and dark, pain and pleasure, um, fear and love, 
um, even you know, sun and moon, men and women, masculine and feminine. Um, and so it's about weaving all of these things that we think are opposite and maybe like opposing in some way, but to integrate and weave them together into harmony and into actually they are dancing with one another. They are making love with one another. All of these different aspects of life, of of heaven and earth, of, of human and divine. And so that's where uh, spirituality and sexuality come into Tantra. It's about reclaiming not just, you know, God, spirit, the ethers, the angelic realms as beautiful and sacred and love, but also this, this physical, tangible, um, earthly realm and, and desires and things that come with that and the desire to create and procreate life um, and, and bringing these together in harmony and how they can really work together. So that's the essence of what Tantra is. And so um, Tantra isn't just about kind of sex or sex poses or better orgasms or things like that, but it can be a catalyst to take, uh, take yourself or in a partnership deeper through you kind of utilizing sexual energy um, or sexual intimacy, whether it's with yourself or another, as this portal of liberation, a portal to enlightenment, a portal to like uh, that that weaving and integration with with your soul, with spirit, with God, with oneness. So that's what it's really about. And remembering that sexual energy is creative energy. Like none of us exist if two people didn't have sex. <laughs> Right? <laughs> you got to think about that. Okay. My parents had sex <laughs> to create me and whether, you know, it was a, you know, beautiful lovemaking or something tragic, that energy has power to create life itself. And what a miracle that we, especially as women hold that literally like a soul can come down into our womb space and be formed into a physical being and birthed outside of our body into life. It's just like, whoa, that's the power of sexuality. And unfortunately, you know, through religion and patriarchy and different, essentially some people got disconnected from their own heart and thought, you know, to be able to feel safe, I need power and I need to have power over another. I need to have control. I need to, you know, hoard wealth. I need to control others or control my desires. And so that wherever that started and kind of, you know, branched out and became religion and different things has, has, you know, infiltrated our culture, even if we weren't brought up religious it's in our culture and we've become really distorted and disconnected around what sexuality is. And we have a world of a lot of sexual violence and shame. But if we can learn to reclaim this energy as beautiful and holy and sacred and for what it is as its essence of creative life force and remember that we are, I am a creative being here to create and if I'm connected and aligned with my heart, 
then I can use that that energy to create good and beauty and healing and transformation in the world. If we can reclaim that together as a culture, we're going to do amazing things. And then we don't have a need for sexual violence and shame because that is just a um, kind of a byproduct of us suppressing it. And it's like it has to find a way out to express itself because it's part of us. And so it expresses itself, unfortunately, out in unconscious ways when we are not using, utilizing our sexual energy in a conscious way. Mm, If we don't use it, it uses us. Yeah. So with Tantra, is that the basis, would you say, of uh, the way you move through the world now and your personal philosophy? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Everything is material for our liberation. Mm. And Mm. so my emotions that feel difficult or challenging, like that is material for my liberation. And so it's, again, not just about sexual energy, but life force energy. Like my emotions are a life force energy. And if I can make space to feel them in a conscious and compassionate and loving way and and understand that they are carrying a, a wisdom and a message for me, then I can kind of alchemize that in my heart and use the tools. Like the basic tools of Tantra is breath and sound and movement. So I can use my breath to breathe into my my grief and expand my heart to be able to alchemize and use my voice to sound through the grief to be able to alchemize into more love into more compassion can use my the this like intelligence of my body to move my body because we we've gotten so conditioned in life that we stop breathing and we we like kind of clench up and we freeze and and so energy can't move it's like emotion is energy in motion but if we if we clamp down and we are afraid to open up and allow that energy to actually move through us then it gets stuck and it gets stagnant and that's where disease and different things happen but if we look at kind of the animal kingdom Peter Levine is an amazing um, therapist who's done amazing research in this where he discovered kind of researching the animal kingdom and, and, and his clients who were moving through trauma that we animals in the animal kingdom have this amazing innate intelligence and ability to let their body just like shake out like a, a deer runs away from a tiger and it, it gets away but it has this fear in itself because it almost just lost its life and it shakes and it howls and it lets itself like move the energy. And then like that fear literally leaves its cells and it can go on with its life. But again, through different conditioning, human beings have kind of gotten like rigid and stuck and care about what other people think of us. (laughs) Like, that's weird. I'm not going to shake and howl. It's like, no, actually that's your animal intelligence that needs to allow this to move so that you can move forward in your life. 
I'm gonna jump in here for a sec to talk to you about my all-time favorite skincare product, Osea's Sea Serum. Because when I first discovered the benefits of hyaluronic acid a few years ago, I fell madly in love with it and I went on a hunt to find the perfect formula. Most of them, although they worked, they left my face with a kind of tacky, sticky feeling that turned into a big shiny mess after I put on moisturizer and foundation. But then I stumbled across Osea's Sea Serum and I couldn't believe how easily it settled into my skin without making me look like a disco ball by the end of the day. Osea's newly upgraded formula contains two powerful types of hyaluronic acid, plus Japanese miru seaweed, which replenishes and balances the skin's natural moisture level, volcanic marine ferment to plump and smooth out those fine lines, and snow mushroom to form a hydration layer on the skin, which seals in all the moisture. And not only that, and this is the reason I'm so happy to stand behind this company. Osea is also vegan, cruelty-free, climate neutral, and they've just become ocean positive, which for me, being an Aussie growing up in the ocean, is a truly meaningful, high-integrity company ethos that I'm excited to support. So if you would like to try this awesome hyaluronic sea serum and support a certified ethical company in the process, you can use my discount code, UA10, so that's Urban Ascension 10, UA10, to receive 10% off when you go to Osea's website, and that's spelt O S E A. It'll change your life. Well, your skin's life anyway. It certainly did mine. Mm, so, the repressed memories, for example, um, which is, I guess, part of as a human, as we hold on and we stop breathing, it is a way, I suppose, of keeping our thoughts and repressing things in our subconscious. And so when people start this work, do things come up? Is that how it happened for you? You started Tantra and you remembered yeah. some things that had happened to you. And at that point in the process, did you reach out for extra support? Did you go deeper into the practice? So if, because you are making Tantra sound so good right now that I imagine everybody listening to this episode is like, I am starting that. But I think there could also be fear around what that could mean for their lives. Yeah. So what would be the best way for people to start utilizing Tantra safely? Yeah. Yeah. Such a good and important question because yes, when I said yes to my healing, that was just the beginning. And it meant that stuff came up. And it meant almost like it felt like things got worse before they got better for me. And I do see it with my clients. It's like, okay, the stuff comes up, and the stuff that we've been repressing. So, and, and, you know, if we've been repressing it for a while, and we've really kind of like, brought on took on this belief that you know negative we even call it negative emotions you know a bad feeling is bad crying is 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 bad or weak you know if we have these kind of connotations we have to develop the capacity to hold handle receive feel allow this stuff to come up and be with it and we de the only way to really develop that is to practice and to practice like, okay, I have some pain coming up. I, you know, I have some anger or some grief or fear, whatever the emotion is that I, I've been repressing and don't want to feel. 
And definitely working with somebody, whether it's a one-on-one setting or in a group capacity, is supportive for that process if it's if it's scary to start to feel those things, right? And really learn how to hold space to be a safe space for those things to feel, you know, to learn how to start to like utilize your mind for what it can really be good for in a supportive way, not just like anxiety thoughts looping, but actually start to like consciously self-talk Like, I have this pain coming up. Like, I love you. You're safe. It's safe to feel this. We can breathe into this. I've got you. I'm here with you. Like, if we can start to train our mind to literally talk to ourselves like a loving friend or a loving parent, like, that is part of the growing the capacity. And so um, it's really important to titrate. Titrate is really about, like, kind of like we go in a little bit and we stretch that capacity a little bit like okay I was like with a bit of that pain I didn't die (laughs) and now I can kind of pull back and I can like soothe and I can self-regulate or I can get co-regulation with people that uh, I trust or you know uh, regulate in in nature like calm the nervous system come back to that comfort zone and then like okay I'm going to expand a little bit again and go back into the growth zone and back into like feeling the depths and being with it. And so just kind of like coming in and out of that place of, of titrating and slowly, slowly growing our capacity to, to be with that and learn how to meet whatever arises with love, with compassion, with acceptance and with trust that it's not going to break us if we can stay as that loving witness, if we can breathe just a little deeper into it. And definitely, as I said, having support. So for my journey, yeah, I was in 12-step programs. I was in women's group counseling. I had a one-on-one counselor, uh, a therapist, you know. Um, I had good, I, I, I surrounded myself with good people that, you know, I could, I could share with when it got hard. Yeah. Yeah. So that, um, process when you said yes in 2011 to your healing, um, until where you are now, and you, obviously you said you went in and there was one, a big dark nights of the soul along the way. Um, how long do you think it took you to get to where you are today as a sovereign being? Well, from where I would say like I really consciously fully devoted to this healing path was the beginning of 2013 and it's the end of 2022 now. (laughs) (laughs) So it was some time Um, and really probably, yeah, the first, the first The first year was the hardest for me. The first few years, I was still having moments of, uh, well, the first year kind of, I I had like panic attacks and things that came up. So that was like the most intense period. And then for maybe a few more years, I could still notice patterns that would come up in my relationship where maybe 
this is just my my pattern i would get more like emotionally reactive or i would get clingy um uh to my partner somebody might have a different reaction where they really just like shut down and isolate right we all have different ways of coping um so I feel like it took me a few years to find like a place that I could really, really hold what came up in a really powerful, loving way. But we're all different. You know, I, hmm. uh, I have the, the history that I have. And so it took me as long as it took me. And uh, one of the things that also really was a part of my healing journey and continues to be, uh, continues to grow me, is stepping into my leadership and stepping into my, what I say is like my sole purpose um, and the work that I am here to do and be of service in the world, which I know you get because that was part of your journey mm-hmm. too, right? That <laughs> yes. call where it's like, I was listening to one of your podcasts and the stories of like, hey, you have these gifts too. And you're like, what? No. Yeah. I'm not a healer. Like, I'm not. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it takes a while for us to listen and receive and accept that. And that's one of the biggest pieces of the journey is for me is like, especially for women, not discounting our voice, not discounting our wisdom, because we have been so deeply trained to, to self doubt, and to discount Mm. the wisdom of the feminine, which is different to what we have been taught in schools and college and work is valuable and important and intelligence. Right, there's a different quality, it's much more connected to intuition, it's much more connected to the emotional realm, it's much more connected to the mystery. Um, but it's so deeply needed and valuable. And so, yeah, that was another part of my healing journey and continues to, to stretch me and grow me and take me to my edges and like owning that I have something of value to share with the world that is needed. And it actually has been born out of my pain. It's been born out of that like pain to purpose journey. And uh, that's what I feel really lit up about supporting mostly women within this world because we are needed. Our voices matter and they're powerful. And, and there's like a feminine principle in the world that is being restored at this time. And I really do believe that women are the way showers. And so that's a big part of the message for me that we don't have to wait to be completely healed to step into our power or our medicine or our gifts or our wisdom or our purpose. Because literally I could spend the rest of my life just healing my wounds and my past. Mm. I could, I will, I am. (laughs) And yet I could continue to use that as kind of a story, an excuse for why I'm not ready or I'm not perfect enough or whatever else to actually share the, the truth and the wisdom that my soul is here to, to share in the world. Mm. And that self-worth piece, 
it's such a big one. I know it's been a huge journey for me and it is for many women that I know and probably everybody I don't know. How, when a woman starts reclaiming herself, does she cope with um, when her light starts shining brighter and other people around her freak out and want her to go back to who she was, which was the, the, um, just nice. someone, yeah, just living like in a, with a filter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It to me comes back to self-love and what we are committed to what we are devoted to and so looking at and contemplating what am i truly devoted to what is my soul devoted to and connecting from that like deeper place of what i really care about like what do i really value what am i really here for is my top value People-pleasing is my top value, even staying safe in this like little confine with my glass ceiling, my, my tight walls, right? Or is my top value actually contributing something healing to this world? Is my top value going outside of the box not only for myself but for the next generation for my lineage for other women like right now in iran women are being killed if they don't wear their uh hijab Hijab. right Mm. if they have some hair falling out of their Mm. hijab And women in Iran right now and men are standing up and saying, no, we will not be controlled any longer. And they are taking it off and they are cutting their hair and they are facing whatever consequences happen. And we can look through history. um, And this is one of the things that through history and especially like religious history, spiritual history, but leadership history, We've been mostly only shown the stories of men, right? Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, uh, all of the presidents, Mm, all of them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And they're amazing, but there are amazing stories of women through history who, like Joan of Arc, stood. Mm, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, like, stood in their truth no matter Mm. what even if that meant to their death, because they actually were connected to their soul and to their spirit and to a higher purpose. And they knew that death was just a doorway to another life, that they will never be separated from their soul and from love. And so like Mm -hmm. a big call, but that's where we have to get real with ourselves, like get emotionally sober. Like, what am I truly committed to? Am I committed to staying safe and fear and like small and conforming? Or am I committed to playing my part? I don't have to save the world. I just have to play my part. Like my little drop in the ocean makes a difference and play my part into contributing that 
women's rights matter, that women's voices matter, that people's voices matter, that animals' voices matter, that the earth matters, like whatever it is for you that you feel connected to and lit up by, it like lights you up passionately and you probably like enrages you at the same time, like get real and connected with what is that and find that inner fire and live from that place. Wow. Such incredible medicine you are delivering right now. (laughs) May all the women rise up. Yeah. Mm. And so for the people, and that can be um, rather than just living out the role that we have been shaped or has been shaped for Mm. us, when you say finding your purpose, that could be um, writing a song or it could be it's it's whatever is in your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And starting a conscious business. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And it's like it's a both and because it's whatever is in our heart creatively, right? Writing a song, as you said, maybe it's just like right starting a blog or uh starting a conscious business or speaking on stages writing a book whatever that is for you and it can be it is connected to what you're here to do uh in terms of like your career your work and where you can also receive money to be supported financially materially in this world to be of service and it could also be separate from that you know it could be you might just have you might feel good about having whatever other kind of forms and streams of income support you to also do this other thing right Mm. create a nonprofit, whatever that is but 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 there is a way in which like how like tantra how can we weave them together and how can we kind of embrace that i'm actually it's like right for me to be financially supported in doing what my soul is here to do you know and and getting outside of the confines of that and the ways that you know we've been taught about money and work and worth and all of these things as well but we also have mm-hmm. to kind of like look at the ways that we've been taught about what, again, what is valuable, like productivity um, is valuable, you know, achievement is valuable, like in this kind of overly masculine dominant culture. We have to also look at that and and be aware to not get caught in those traps and, again, keep coming back to the soul why and what do I really want to create and can I open myself to receive that doing exactly what my heart is here to do and to contribute could also, I could also be financially supported in that. Mm, And that's a, that's a big part of the self-worth piece, actually receiving financial abundance for pursuing the desires of your heart. Yeah. 
because a lot of women are believing that they need to rely on a man to support them or or alternatively they're playing the man yes. to uh, work and, and in a corporate environment and support themselves yes. and they're stripping themselves of their feminine principles and their um, intuition in favour of logic. Yes. Not saying that the, the logic is bad but we're out of balance. Yes. So to wrap up you work with women you work one-on-one you work with couples you work in groups but as a woman who is listening to this episode and in her healing journey and looking for the next step how can you help yeah well you're welcome to contact me um yeah welcome to contact me via my website or social media um which will be in the show notes (laughs) and uh, just get on a call and explore and discover and see if if it feels a fit and, and what the best way to support you would be, you know, whether it's in a one on one container or in a, a women's group coaching program. Um, mm-hmm. That's the best way. And yeah, I just really want to, again, invite and, and remember that that you have something of value to share and it's probably hidden in kind of the recesses of what's been challenging in your life what you've had to overcome because that is medicine for the world that is medicine and healing that is is needed your capacity like whatever you have overcome like you're still breathing you're badass (laughs) (laughs) it's so true that is the name of a book if you're still breathing you're badass (laughs) yeah and I love that you say that um if people do feel disconnected from their purpose and they don't understand what the call of their heart is it is hidden in the recesses of their healing and and if they're willing to step into that healing process it's the the pain that they've experienced and the things they may not want to look at also hold the secret of their future. Yes. Yes, Mm. exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great to hear your story. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep going on what can sometimes be a tough road to inner peace and true happiness. If you want to dive deeper into what we talked about today, go to thehealingcocoon.co for show notes and all things personal growth. And don't forget, if you're loving The Healing Cocoon, then put that love into action and subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. And until next time, my friends, let's rise and shine together.